Talk Radio 191 FM podcast. I think we might be ready. Are we ready, Chloe? <laughs> We're ready, Jamie. We're ready for Art Isn't... Are we calling it Art Isn't it's, Real? I don't isn't Real, because you had... Andrea had Art Is Real. Yeah, before you, that, I had Art Isn't Real. Isn't yeah, Art Is Real, just, it just sounds... It's the name of the show. I say it too fast. It's like, Art Is Real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> yeah, I look at, like, contemporary... I'm not really sure if it matters. <laughs> no. Hey, of course it matters. Come on now. Uh, well, Maureen to you, and Maureen to our special guests. Yeah, we've yeah, got... Yeah. Louise Menzies and Ezra Bywater here on the radio this morning. Yes, uh, Morena to you both. Morena. Morena. Morena, Ezra. Want to say good morning, Ezra? No. No, not Ezra's today. Ezra's far too experienced. She doesn't bother with the radio. That's right. Yeah. It's so part of the way, you know, baby of the future, child of the future. Um, radio is not a thing. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. We just speak to each other through our minds. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right, um, so Louise, you are the 2000. Well, you were. Uh, the 2018 uh, Francis Hodgkins Fellow uh, here at the University of Otago. Um, you know, your time has come, I guess, and, and when these times come, the exhibition follows. So your fellowship exhibition kicks off this weekend, um, entitled uh, In an Orange My Mother Was Eating. Uh, kicks off on sun- Saturday, sorry. Friday for some of us, uh, down at the Hawkins Library. Um, so, uh, I mean, I guess we, you know, well, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Um, the fellowship, um, what did it mean for you to be awarded that fellowship? I mean, it meant a lot. Um, uh, it's, I mean, I think it is like the premier residency in New Zealand. Um, I, I mean, it, within the university it's termed a fellowship but I think as an artist coming in it feels very much like a residency like a long period of time to work um, in whatever way you choose and yeah the freedom it offered I guess to like develop my own project and structure my own time it's been really amazing Mm -hmm. and yeah and also obviously like being here in Dunedin is a really big feature of that experience and that's kind of wound up in the work I've made for the show yeah, well, it's a really important art centre for Aotearoa, isn't it? Yeah, it's been great to understand more of the history of that here as well. Um, I hadn't really spent much time in Dunedin. They've got like a lot of family in the south, but not in Dunedin specifically. So, yeah, it's been great to get to know actually a lot of a lot more local history, arts, and just otherwise. Mm, mm. It's not often you get to be treated as a professional in the field as an artist. It's the life you choose. Um, so you get to be a fully paid, remunerated member of society, <laughs> which <laughs> it's, just, it's very novel. Just for one year <laughs> of your life. Yeah, and I, when I got here, I was, I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Like, so for some reason, it was very amusing and enjoyable to me that I could just be going to work. I was like, I'm going to work now. <laughs> and, like, go up to the studio. Like, I've got, I've got my, work, I've got my job. You know, um, yeah, and I, uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, there's not much room for a nine-to-five job as a contemporary artist, mm. um, especially in New Zealand, unless you sort of have a big studio in London and you make large sculptures for the Tate Modern or something. That's You can't, you just can't do it. You have to fight for your own time in your own space. I guess it's always something you're fitting in around something else. Um, and I did find myself reflecting on that. And um, I guess maybe we can talk about one of the works in the show that almost and it kind of relate to that um the realities i guess of of artistic life like there's a i 
earlier in the year, last year, sort of partway through my fellowship, I started to work with some textile designs that Francis Hodgkins created in the 20s during a period of like struggle for mm-hmm. her. Um, you know, she was looking for work, um, looking for a way to kind of get by um, and to continue her painting. And so she had this brief period where she cre- where she worked as a fabric designer. But the design and the designs were at the time perhaps like realized as part of her her body of work. Yeah. yeah. But in hindsight, um, you really see how they are connected to you know her thinking and her work more generally, her composite, her use of composition, her use of color. And yeah, I have become really interested in them, and so um, I've remade the, I've made a version of, of the, of the fabric. The designs, there's no fabric samples that remain, but there are. Um, Te Papa has a set of eight gouache drawings from that time, um, and I kind of based a fabric off one of the designs and. Um, had yeah had a had a roll of fabric printed and went about to recover the furniture in my studio. Oh, awesome. being the Francis Hodgkins studio. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, when you when you got the fellowship and you were coming here, did you you know did you always have a plan of using yeah. her works, or is it just something that yeah. kind of worked out from you know your early days within the fellowship or, or the residency and and things you were looking at? Did they just kind of develop over time? I had had a cursory look um, at her work, like when I was preparing to come down. I'd been given the fellowship, and I guess I thought, I, you know, it was a really nice opportunity to look at Hodgkin's work. She wasn't like an artist that I had really spent much time with, um, you know, like for various reasons. I, I mean, I knew who she was, and I was familiar with a couple of paintings, but I hadn't really, I didn't know much about her life, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I. I I have an existing interest in textiles, so I guess that's also maybe what led me to that particular moment Mm -hmm. in her career. Um, But I have used the fellowship as a time to think about, like I guess more broadly, three historical figures. Hodgkins, um, an American um, 20th century potter and poet called M.C. Richards, and then another um, artist who spent time in Dunedin, Joanna Margaret Paul. And I guess I often, like travel along with a kind of figure or a character and um, uh, I've, yeah so I, I've, I've kind of looked quite specifically at those three at those three women artists while I've been here mm-hmm. over the last year there's <laughs> just a bit of um, we're just exploring the headphones <laughs> as we chat <laughs> so there's the three piece chair set that you've done for the show. Can you hear me on the headphones, Ezra? And there is a wonderful film that we have been installing (laughs) this week. (laughs) I can hear you. You know how the radio works now, Ezra. And um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the film because that maybe covers um, your interest in Joanna Margaret Paul that you mentioned before. Yeah. Sure, so I made this film which um, I guess broadly attempts to make an image of an object of love, that's kind of like how I talk about it to myself Um, and by that um, I mean in particular I've made a portrait of someone else's child, um, namely like Joanna's child Pascal and 
it came about through observing the like particular relationship we have to images of people or things we love and how that's a really powerful absorbing experience that you have with an image it might be the kind of image that of the experience sorry that like as an artist you might ideally be trying to create um that i was interested in the idea it was kind of like it, it might be like a perfect image in a way um <laughs> but that it's a very specific one that you know it's not one that could work um for everybody at once and so the work kind of deals with that idea um, but yeah it also deals with um, I guess how children um, become part of your thinking and your experience of the world um, perhaps it like nods at you know being an artist and being a parent um, and at women's history and, and, and how that reality is is represented or allowed to exist in public life, you know, how it how it's documented, um, its visibility, its kind of, you know, appropriateness, you know, what what you can say about that or 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 what you can't. So yeah. It's a really beautiful film with this lovely jazz track which has a story to it, um, which we'll have on the room sheet and um, the actual film, the physicality of it is wonderful, it's projected on this beautiful silver screen and um, we're really looking forward to sharing that with everybody. On Saturday Louise is doing a talk on the day the exhibition opens. Mm. It opens at 9am on Saturday but uh, Louise is doing a talk at 11 which is going to be quite dynamic. Um, there's another work that if we have time to talk about Jamie mm -hmm. we totally should um, which involves calendars from the Hawkins ephemera collection and um, Louise has reissued a series of calendars that she looked at that are in the collection and she'll be showing people that visit the talk um, come and listen to the talk the calendars and um, then there'll be some refreshments afterwards so it's it's going to be a really nice way to introduce the show to Dunedin and anyone who's interested in the fellowship mm -hmm. um, and uh, the calendar itself is also available to purchase as a real functional calendar 2k19 calendar 2k19 2K19. Uh, yeah, 12 no. months February to February yeah oh nice L large yeah, format yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always been kind of fascinated with calendars and with that as well, the phone book. You've got to get one, Jamie. Um, well, no, just because of the practical, oh. you know, because they're really, you know, they're incredibly practical uh, and a, a, a nice way to, um, you know, ha put art in a space but also, you know, use that, that, that work well, as, the, the as calendars something that you use every day, you sort know. Sort of causing the show to, like, spill out of the gallery and into other sort of non-art art areas like the foyer and uh, the shop online. People's kitchen. People's kitchen. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Yeah, so, so it's this really, it's, it's an artist edition. There are only 150. It's A2. Um, it's based on probably like 15 calendars, would you say? 12. But then there's more that you've sort of based a design on or are they included in the 12? Um, yeah, I mean, I looked at, I looked at a whole range of calendars that, the Hocken, they're part of the ephemera collection and yeah there's it's a really incredible resource if anyone listening out there also has a an interest in calendars or a passion for print like I do um yeah it's really um incredible range of formats and um you know 
times. And so I can't. I don't. Did you mention Chloe that the like the, the principle of the calendar? I have is not mentioned the principle. Based on um, <laughs> repeating months. So you know, well actually every eleven years, approximately give or take leap years the full calendar repeats yeah like day you know so monday the 12th um was monday the 12th um well in this case in 1991 so 2019 um february 2019 in my calendar it's actually february 1991 oh cool um etc and so yeah um and the nine and the ones are flipped too i like that Oh, that's so that cool to know. Yeah. So, so like a palindrome. So the yeah. idea is that you've gone through all these calendars to find another month that is the yeah. same. Yeah. And then you get this amazing representation of New Zealand social history. Like you've got the Rangitiki Rail Fans calendar. You've got um, the what's the astrological one called? Got every, no, it's not Everyday Goddesses, but that is in there. Uh, Everyday Goddesses was a yeah, that's a calendar uh, that the National Women's Centre produced in 2003. Um, there's the Māori Women's uh, Welfare League recipe calendar from 1977. Um, there's like a, 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 a just a kind of landscape. Um, like a pictorial calendar from the 30s there's like a huge range of material kind of feeding into it but I, I guess like I'm interested in the particular calendars but I also just love how it I, I talked to you to finish my story for the radio I wanted to tell everybody that what I love about the calendar is how it just kind of makes time feel really strange and um, somehow like somehow arbitrary in a way like um because you know every day feels so particular mm. like the present's so like real and unique and unfolding and and then you're like oh but it just could have been that other day mm. that other time yeah yeah um, history repeats yeah, yeah so i i think and the show pulls a lot of together a lot of different temporal moments also you know there's um yeah a lot of like different different moments in time are referenced in the works and so i the calendar is it's kind of like yeah, it's a really great piece in the puzzle for me. Like when I mm-hmm. when I kind of step back and and look at look at what's ended up in the show. Mm. I like the fact that calendars in this day and age are still a thing. Like so yeah. many people still get them. When you get you can get the date off your phone all the time. You know, we don't really have watches anymore. Not that I many still have people. a calendar. Yeah, 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 same, same. It's great. It gives you that uh, perspective that you need that mm. isn't a, that you can't get from your phone. You can't get that wider look. We were well, it makes a day. It makes a day look like a day. A day is a day day. in this larger thing that we're doing in life. And I was asking Louise the other day, oh, when did calendars become a thing? Like, how far back does this ephemera collection go? And it's something I need to find out. Like, when did calendars become this really regulatory Hmm. part of our kitchen or our office? Or I mean, the sundial is a form of a calendar in a way. Like, I guess people have been kind of trying to chart and contain or map mm-hmm. time for a long time but I, I think that the printer calendar would it just kind of follows the history of print really like yeah it also reminds me that you know we have to shift these frameworks because nature isn't really hard edged mm-hmm. you know but the calendar is we have to fit the calendar in mm-hmm. by changing things like the 29th of February and, and so yeah. on and daylight savings we're always trying to make time work for us <laughs> well, well uh, 
We'll have to leave it there. I've got one more thing to say, Jamie. All right. I just want to say good morning to Des. Oh, Morena, Des. Yeah, I know he's listening. <laughs> he's sitting with me. my friend. And uh, we'll see you this weekend. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I'll say Morena to you, Des, too. Yeah. All right. It is now, oh, about uh, 13 minutes past, uh, through to the hour. Uh, don't forget, Saturday the 16th of February, um, 2019. Um, from 11 through to 12, <laughs> Louise Menzies will be giving an artist talk on the exhibition that opens two hours before that at 9 o'clock and that runs through till the, I've forgotten... Till uh, the end of March. Yes, yeah. March the, the 30th. March, the yeah. second to last day of that month. Of that month, The day yes. before my dad's birthday. And if you have a calendar, fire Louise Menzies, it'll just mean a whole new, it'll be a whole new thing thinking about the end of that month <laughs> into the show but not into the calendar that's right um thank you all for coming in yeah thank you <laughs> thanks ezra thank you ezra thanks thank you us you might need to get a new headphone cord thanks <laughs> yeah. i will see you uh, again in, in two weeks my see friend. you in, see you in a fortnight this was a radio 191 fm podcast you can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found